will survive. Hey guys, welcome to episode 29 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, and today I'm here alone, but not really, and I'll tell you why in a second. As always, follow us on Twitter at Podcast. If you ever want to send us an email, ppwpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you could go over to whatamaneuver.net and pick up the I Never Complain Online t-shirt. As a reminder, if you buy a t-shirt, you're able to come on the show as a guest if you like, as well as pick the topic. Uh, Pat Sheridan on Twitter picked up a shirt, and his choice was, uh, what was it, uh, Best Wrestlers Never Be World Champions. So we'll have him on sometime in the next couple of weeks and do that show. Get your suggestions into us on Twitter or email for that as well. I mentioned that I'm here by myself, but not really. And what I mean by that is this week's going to be all listener questions and all fan questions or Twitter follower questions, whatever you want to call it. But I want to do a show today because we haven't done one in a little over a week. And Eric couldn't make it, and I couldn't get another guest host in time. So I figured, whatever, I'll send a note out to uh, the awesome followers we have on Twitter and say, hey, send me some questions, I'll answer them. And the feedback was a lot better than expected, so we're going to go through those today. Oh, I want to do this more and more, and if anyone is willing to do this, this would be also be super awesome. If you guys want to send me an audio question going forward, just email it to ppwpodcast at gmail.com. I can play it on the show. We can answer it on the show, have some more interaction, stuff like that. It would be a lot of fun. It's super easy to do. Just take out your phone in the recording app and send it over. The quality doesn't be amazing as long as we can understand you. I will, in the future, try to send out the topics for each week's show in advance more. So if you have a specific comment on that topic, you can send that in to us. Or if we're reviewing maybe a pay-per-view or something like that, and if you were there, you can give us the live experience. We've had guys on before who give us the live experience. Back at our WrestleMania Memories Project, we had a bunch of people on. Uh, Carrie's always on at WWSQD Circle Guy with his front row experience. Yeah, there's just a, a, a lot we could do with it, and it'd be awesome if you guys wanted to participate more because that's what's fun about this for me, uh, creating this wrestling show, is we're all fans and we all you know, complain about stuff all the time, but as the T-shirt says, we never complain online here on the PPW podcast because I want to focus on stuff that we all like about pro wrestling, and there's a lot. And some of these questions that you guys sent in were awesome, and I had to think about a lot of them too. Without going too much more in intro, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, the first question I have on here was from PJ, or old buddy PJ. You could follow him on Twitter at Darth, like Darth Vader, Bundy090, and his, his tag is Macho Vader. His question, make a stable of one guy from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and today. And it could be from any promotion. Just it has to be from those decades. So what I did is I created two stables because at first I was making like a mixed baby face and heel stable, or as I always like to call it, good guy and bad guy stable. 
But then I was like, well, no, that wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't work. So let's go through what mine is here. First, I'll get my bad guy stable. From the 70s, I've got superstar Billy Graham. He's the first one in there. And I want him in there because I want a good talker. And I want a guy that people would love to hate. Uh, he's got, you know, a, a awesome body and he's got the blonde hair and the mustache. He's basically what Hulk Hogan stole from. And everybody hated him. He eventually uh, beat Bruno San Martino for the title, which was a huge deal back in the day. And our old buddy Sammy Cassell will be happy that I, I'm mentioning old school stuff. We'll go, we'll go into more breakdown in a second. From the 80s, you know, I, I think for your heel or bad guy, there's nobody that it could have been other than Ric Flair. I was watching the other day The Clash of the Champions 2. And I, The Clash of the Champions 1 gets a lot of love and, and stuff from people because of the great Ric Flair sting match. But the Clash of the Champions 2 has an awesome angle where they do the contract signing for the Sting, or I'm sorry, for the Lex Luger Ric Flair match for the world title. And they do it on, this is ironic for me being from Chicago, the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks, Bill Wirtz's yacht. Um, and they, they do this contract signing there. And for those of you guys who don't know, Bill Wirtz is the owner of the Blackhawks. He passed away about, I think, eight, nine years ago now. And he was the owner that everybody hated. They called him Dollar Bill Words because he did everything he could to squeeze dollars out of the fans. He hated them. Up until 2009, Blackhawks home games were not on television here in Chicago because he didn't want people to be able to watch for free on TV. He wanted them to come to the the arena to watch the Hawks play, which is just crazy now considering how popular the Blackhawks are in Chicago. My friend and I always joke, uh, he's always like... I think Funko Pop just fell behind me. Um, he, we always joke that before 2009, there was no Blackhawks fans here, which isn't exactly true. Uh, in the 90s, the Blackhawks were good. In the uh, early 2000s, they were pretty good. But there was a long stretch there where they were horrible and nobody cared about them. And all of a sudden, there's Blackhawks fans everywhere, and he gets really mad about that. But I'm a big hockey fan, so I don't really care about that type of stuff. But he gets upset about it because he's a huge basketball fan. So they do the contract signing, and Ric Flair cuts a great promo, and then they do a thing where they're both Ric Flair and Lex Luger are arriving to the arena. And Ric Flair arrives first, and he mentions something to Jim Ross. You know, he comes out of a limo and says to Jim Ross, you know, I'll be surprised if Lex Luger makes it to, to, to our title match. And you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then Luger shows up, and the Horseman and Flair just beat the hell out of Luger, do a classic backstage beatdown on him. Not like the lame brawls you have now. This was like a crazy one. And I was like, man, no wonder. Like, Ric Flair was awesome on promos, but he still was able to make you hate him. Plus, he was amazing in the ring. He's going to have great matches for you. You know, if you ever did a, a War Games match or something like that, he's going to go in there and carry the match in the ring. In the 90s, I've got The Rock. This is going to be your rock from when he first took over the nation all the way through when he, his final, I think his final, like, full baby face turn was in 2000, something like that, because he was kind of back and forth on that for a little bit. Remember, he was had a quick tease of being a, a good guy run, and then he joined up with the corporation and became the corporate champion. Another amazing talker. You know, that's, that's a big theme here with all these talkers. But also, he can also carry his own in a match, and plus he's probably one of the greatest superstars in, in wrestling history, mainstream or otherwise. So, so far we've got... 70s superstar Billy Graham, 80s Ric Flair, and 90s The Rock, and 2000s. This is going to be Triple H. And I don't know how many people are going to agree with me on this or not. When I was making this, I wanted to make a group that everybody would hate like from top to bottom, no matter what they did. And, you know, 2003 Triple H, think of how much everybody hated him. 
2004 Triple H, even 2002 Triple H, this is when he was run was going, he was quote unquote going over everybody and beating everybody and everybody hated him. Again, a guy that can really go in the ring. And today I'm going to put Kevin Owens because again, he's a guy that's awesome in the ring and people want to cheer him, but his promos are so good that he just never stops talking and everybody hates his guts when he's going up against people. I gave them a manager too, you know, which is kind of silly because we have a all great talkers in this group. But I gave him Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bobby could be the guy that gets kind of beat up by the uh, the good guys team or distracts people. Excuse me, when they're having these matches and it goes, you know, makes people go nuts and like, oh, they, they were going to lose, but Bobby Heenan helped him win. He cheated. He cheated, and he could always. Use logic, you know, oh no, I didn't cheat. I, I, you know, these guys are just, they're just great wrestlers type of thing. So he could always be that. So here we go. Here's my heel stable. Um, again, thanks PJ for the question. 70s is super stale Billy Graham. 80s is Ric Flair. 90s is The Rock. 2000s is Triple H. And today's going to be Kevin Owens with Bobby Heenan as their manager. Now they've got to have a uh, stable to feud against, right? So in the 70s, we've got the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. His run. In, during those territory days, if you get a chance, go watch his, his his Dusty Road story. It's on the network. It was a DVD that came out in, I think, 2005 or something like that. Awesome matches, awesome promos. For people like me that were born in the mid-'80s, we didn't really get to see Dusty in his prime. You know, We got to see him in, in WWF where he was okay, and he was great and charismatic, but nothing compared to like he was back in the day, and he was just an amazing performer. The crowd went nuts for him every time he came out. His promos were not to be beat. And he was the ultimate common man where people wanted to cheer for him. In the 80s, you got to pick Hulk Hogan, right? Uh, the Hulkamania years, he even, he even almost made it on both lists, believe it or not. I almost put him as my 90s pick for Hollywood Hulk Hogan, but I thought, no, we can't do both. So I gave him that. Everyone I knew was a Hulkamania except for my co-host Eric. He hates Hulk Hogan, but I loved Hogan. I don't know what it was, and even that you go back watching those those old matches and those old promos, and the crowd ate everything he set up. And, you know, he had them in the palm of their hands. He wasn't the greatest worker and flippy stuff and all that. You know, not an amazing leg drop for a finisher, but the crowd absolutely freaking loved him. So he's definitely going to be on there for me. In the '90s, come right up with the Rock. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. For me, he's the greatest superstar in WWF, WWE history. I know there's a lot of contention with that. Some people say it's Bruno. Some people say it's Hulk Hogan. Some people would even say it's The Rock or even John Cena. But he's, he single-handedly, and not single-handedly, pretty much single-handedly saved the WWF during that ratings war. Um, his feud with Vince McMahon, top, maybe top one of the top feuds of all time, he Amazing, amazing talker. The crowd, again, went apeshit for him. So he's a top guy for me on this list. The 2000s is another one where people are going to be like, what the hell is going to be John Cena? His run from 2005 up until today, he's been the top guy in the the company. Nobody's had that long of a run. There's been guys that have been drawn more money than him and bigger than him. But to be on top for as long as he has is incredible. Again, all these things have in common. No matter what you say about him in the ring, although I do think he has good matches, his promos are, are believable and they're great. And then today I'm going to put in AJ Styles. Could he can be the yin and yang with Kevin Owens? AJ can work both good guy or bad guy, but for how good he is in the ring, he's got to be on on the top list for me. I think he's the best wrestler in the world right now. 
I, I know there's some debate with that too. People say New Japan, Kenny Omega, Okada, New Japan. Uh, there's guys in ROH, uh, you know, and there's guys in in Lucha Underground, and there's guys in in, in Progress Wrestling, all that stuff, and in um, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. But I just think he's the best. He can talk. He can work. He's he can do any type of style you want for wrestling. He's my number one wrestler in the world right now. So for that reason, he's got to be in this stable. So we're going to recap again in the 70s, Dusty Rhodes, 80s, Hulk Hogan, 90s, Stone Cold Steve Austin, 2000s, John Cena, and today is going to be AJ Styles. Thank you again, PJ, for that. Macho Vader at Darth Bundy 090. Let's go to the next question. This comes from the Eagles Club Jabroni, and it's a tough question. You can follow him on Twitter at Rickermortis, R-I-K-K-E-R-M-O-R-T-I-S. This was a a tough question to answer, especially in the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. It says, change wrestling history. You can eliminate three people from wrestling existence. Who goes? And a lot of people responded to that, like, it's got to be Chris Benoit. Yeah, that to me, that's the default, okay? Because of the horrible, horrible thing that happened, the horrible thing he did, and the monster person that he was. Th- that goes without saying. <laughs> So here's my three people that I'm going to eliminate, and they all have a theme, if you notice. The first, I don't know this person's name, and there may be multiple people, so it might be kind of cheating, but whoever negotiated the key negotiator in the AOL Time Warner merger, which led to the death of WCW and the elimination of WCW and the major competition of a major wrestling company, when it's and wrestling in America has never been the same because of it, in North America, I should say, has never been the same because of it. I read the book, The Death of WCW by Brown Alvarez. I've listened to Eric Bischoff talk. I've listened to a million people talk about what the problem was with WCW. Look, they had a ton of creative problems, and their storylines were crazy, and they didn't build new stars, and they relied too much on the NWO. All that stuff is true. But they were still getting people to watch Nitro. Like, you look at some of those ratings, they're still getting a million and a half, two million people to watch Nitro. Sometimes even more, in the, even in 2000, when they were horrible. But people were still watching. And there was also people that were just loyal to WCW, people from the Carolinas and from Florida that never transitioned over and said, once WCW went away, I'm done. I'm done with it. I, don't, I never watched WWF. I'm not going to stop now just because WCW slash NWA went away. And it just seems to me that as long as they had a television deal, which Ted Turner would have kept him on TNT because he was such a wrestling fan or even TBS, they were okay. you know. But the Time Warner people did not want wrestling on them. On their, on their networks, so they had to go away. And because of that, things were never the same again. You know, we, we lost a great promotion with, with years and decades of history pretty much overnight. And then WWF took it over, and, you know, the victors get to write history, and that's exactly what WWF has done over the years and slash WWE. And it's great that they have the network, and it's great that they bought it because we have one spot to view all this great content. But it's just it just sucks that that's, that happens. So I'm going to eliminate that. Whoever that person was, you're out of here. Second person is going to be one that a lot of people mentioned was Vince Russo. I don't hate Russo as much as everyone else, but lately I've just been sick of him just trying to stay relevant with all these things he's doing. His contribution to the Attitude Era and the rise of, of Austin and The Rock has been greatly exaggerated, it seems like, over time. It seems like he is the only one to give himself credit for it. All the other wrestlers are saying, yeah, he was there, but it was Vince driving it and allowing us to be ourselves that really pushed it pushed it forward and then plus when he goes to wcw he tries all these ridiculous things that just that just help wcw go further 
down the toilet, basically, you know? So again, that's another person that assisted in the, in the death of WCW. The next guy I got that I'm going to eliminate from here is Jim Hurd. <laughs> and if you don't know who Jim Hurd is, Google him. He was the one responsible for making sure Ric Flair left WCW and finally coming to WWF in 91. Uh, he had a huge debate with Flair. He wanted to famously have Ric Flair shave his head and call himself Spartacus and re rebrand himself. He tried all these ridiculous things in WCW, and business went down the toilet during that time in WCW. And I think if they had a competent person in charge, there could have been an even more uh, uh, better competition around that time in 93, 94, 95. Up until 95, 96 is when WCW finally started turning stuff around. But because he was there... WWF got to do whatever they wanted, basically. And this was also during the steroid trial where WWF was losing interest in 92. And they could have, WCW could have pushed it even more if they had a more competent person in charge. So, Jim Hurd, you're out of there. So, my three people I'm getting rid of in w, uh, WWF wrestling history is going to be the whoever negotiated one of the final Time Warner AOL merger and Vince Russo and Jim Hurd. You three are out of here. All right, so we got another question here. We're going to go to, and again, thank you for uh, Riker Mortis, R-I-K-K-E-R-M-O-R-T-I-S on Twitter. Thanks for that question. Next up is our old buddy Mark Caruso. I think he sent in a couple questions. This is his question. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Caruso, C-A-R-U-S-O-216. And his question is, who would you change GMs on Raw and SmackDown? If so, who for each show? Well, he said, would you change it? I would only change the GM on Raw because I think Kurt Angle struggles under the script environment. I don't think he's it's his fault he's doing such a bad job, but I don't think he I think he struggles with the script. I think he's better off the cuff. He has his little moments, which is kind of funny. Like on Raw last night when Ambrose and Seth Rollins were, were talking to Angle and Angle basically told him, We're gonna do an eight man, but you gotta get two tag team partners. And Ambrose is like, I'm gonna get Disney, I'm gonna get Batman or Mickey Mouse. And Angle's like, they have to be real people, which is just hilarious. And then the time a few weeks ago when uh, Enzo and Cass spelled out soft, S-A-W-F-T, and they walked away, and Angle just kind of goes, huh, that's not how you spell soft. Like, I love goofy, like, oblivious, fool, doofus Angle. He's hilarious to me. But I don't think he can pull it off very well. Uh, or put pull off the uh, – what? The, sorry, I'm drawing a blank here. Pull off the scripted environment very well. On SmackDown, I like Daniel Bryan. I think he's a good talker. I think it's good to have a babyface person. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily change him, but since I'm going to change Angle, I'm going to change him both. This may or may not be a cop-out because this has happened before. I want Eric Bischoff back as the Raw GM, and I want Stone Cold Steve Austin as the SmackDown GM. I think if they did the brand warfare stuff, those guys were great back when they were both opposing uh, uh, foes. You know, I think Austin was the, the sheriff or something of Raw, and, and Bischoff was the GM, and they were in constant conflict with each other. I think Bischoff is good enough to talk in a scripted environment where it won't sound as scripted. I think it's good enough where he can get people to hate him, but still kind of play the fence a little bit because he wants to win so bad. He wants to have the better show. So he'll put that on in storyline in storyline mode in smack on the SmackDown side, having Austin there. I just miss Stone Cold Steve Austin, my TV. He could just sit there and read a book and I would laugh. He's just a great character. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Other than Shawn Michaels, he's up there for me. I think having a babyface good guy GM on the SmackDown side would help. He would not take any crap from the heels. He could. He has the credibility too, which is a big thing I think um, is missing on on SmackDown and Raw, which is kind of silly because Brian and Angler are both such amazing wrestlers. 
I just think Austin being the biggest star of all time really pushes that credibility over with the crowd. I think that'd be great to do for a while. Those are my two picks if I were to change the GM. So thanks, Mark, for that question. And here we go. What's the next question we got here? Oh, this was from our old buddies at the Ringside Podcast, at Ringside Podcast. Make sure to check them out. They got an interview with Jerry Lawler this week, so check those guys out. They are on iTunes, wherever else you can find podcasts. I have them on iTunes. I don't know where everyone else gets them, but uh, that's where I find them. And they said, who from GWF, ROH, Lucha, New Japan would you want to see in WWE, and who would you feud them with? Uh, thanks for that question, guys. So here's my list of guys. This is just a few of the many, many people. And, you know, there's there's plenty more you could pick from. This is just my few I've picked. From New Japan Pro Wrestling slash ROH slash they were an Impact Global Force. They're 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 their own wrestlers. Is I want the the Young Bucks to face the New Day in WWE. I think their matches would be great. I think the Young Bucks would be the great heels to the New Day, um, but they'd be like an annoying heel, but amazing wrestlers. If you guys haven't checked out any New Bucks, or New Bucks and New Bucks, Young Bucks matches, check those guys out. You know, they've had awesome matches at the G1. They're, they're awesome in ROH. Their match with the Hardys from WrestleMania weekend last year was incredible. So check, check those guys out. I just think the, I'm just imagining the promos between the Young Bucks and the New Day. And I think it would be amazing. I think they should initially come in as good guys and then t- eventually turn on the New Day, but like a slow turn, you know, kind of make fun of them and things like that till eventually they both super kick all three of them and have a super kick party, do their pose, and we're off to the races with that feud. Uh, my next person I'm going to bring in is Cody Rhodes back to the WWE, and I want him to feud with John Cena. I think Cody always had the ability to be a big star, and now that he's gone off his own, his own done his own thing, he can do it, you know, and he's proven he can do it. People online sometimes complain his matches aren't up to par with guys like Kenny Omega or Okada or whatever. To me, it doesn't matter for that because every time I've seen him on my TV, on my on ROH, or on New Japan, or I saw him in an indie show at a ballpark a few weeks or a few months ago with Eric, he just comes off like a, like a star now. He comes across like a star. And having him versus Cena would be a great, you know, Cody saying can come back here like, you know, look, Cena, your time is done. It's the it's the you know young bucks no pun intended the young guys time I'm back here I had left WWE because I was sick of you holding me down that'd be a good feud I think Cody would get an initial huge pop back call himself the American Nightmare which is what he's doing right now in the Indies Cody Rhodes versus John Cena book it for a WrestleMania you know it doesn't have to be for a title even just be an awesome awesome match maybe even a, a little bit of a dream match even though they've wrestled before but not when Cody was at the level he was at now. Uh, next up's gonna be Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles. I just, I mean, I just want to see that match in a WWE ring. That could be a match where, you know, I mentioned earlier, I think AJ's the best wrestler in the world. He could be talking about that on SmackDown, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, here comes Kenny Omega to say, you think you're the best wrestler in the world? No, I am. You know, those guys have crossed paths before, but on WWE stage, WWE does a great job of making everything seem incredibly big and epic. And as great as Omega is, and as great as his matches have been with Okada and everyone else he's had over the past two years, right now I think if he came to WWE and feuded with AJ Styles on SmackDown, that would tear the house down in every town they were in, could build awesome pay-per-view matches, basically be the best wrestler versus the best wrestler type of match. They're both good on promos, and they both have an incredible amount of charisma, but that's another one I would pick. Uh, what's my last one? My last one here is going to be Okada versus versus Seth Rollins. This is just one, I think, of a 
It could be just a good style I want to see. I don't know how what I would do with the promos and things like that. I just think Okada, Okada's wrestling style isn't what you'd call, oh, they, you know, there's indie style. He's just an awesome wrestler, and I think he would flawlessly fit in to the WWE system and to WWE TV. And him versus Seth Rollins are two athletic guys, two guys that can go. It's just a match I want to see. I don't have, admittedly, I don't have any long-term plans for booking on that. It's just a match I want to see selfishly. So if you guys have any matches you want to see uh, from any of those federations, because that's an awesome question, you can ask both me at PPW Podcast and our buddies at the Ringside Podcast at Ringside Podcast. Our next question, kind of a mead one. Who has had the longest career with the least amount of talent? Again, this is from uh, the Eagles Crub Jabroni, Rick Mortis. I'm kind of going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to say who had the longest career with the least amount of like skills. Cause I think everyone has talent in wrestling, whether you at least more talent than I ever would, cause I've never been a pro wrestler. And at 33, it's not looking good for him. I'm not the next diamond Dallas page. I'm not going to start at 40. I've got two. Scott Steiner is going to be one. Cause if you know, guys don't know, he's still wrestling, but I want to say Scott Steiner post his Steiner brothers tag team. Cause I love the Steiner brothers as a tag team. But I never got it. The big Papa Pump thing when he came to WWE, he had one of the worst title matches in history against Triple H at a pay-per-view. I think it was Survivor Series. It's just, I don't know, but he's still going and he's still got a great look and all that. I don't like his promos, his, his goofy chain and head dress he wears, but he's still going. So whatever he's doing, he obviously shouldn't listen to me because he's still making money and still working. But that's one of them. My next guy is going to be Sid. Sid's been around forever. He finally retired after that gruesome leg injury, made a few appearances here and there, but he was a multiple-time world champion in different organizations in WWF and in WCW. He main events WrestleMania two times, uh, main evented, I think, multiple WCW pay-per-views. People loved him in the, in the Northeast, which is normally when where people like him get booed. You know, they like the smaller athletic guys, hate the big guys. But his match with Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series 96 Everyone hated Michaels and loved Sid. They were giving him fist bumps, saying, who's the man? You're the man. When he beat Michaels after cheating, they cheered for him. I don't know what it is about Sid, but people loved him. Uh, so he's he's a guy that, for whatever reason, people love. So my two guys for that are going to be Scott Steiner and Sid. Uh, next question is one I like a lot. It's, I could take any three superstars from the 80s and 90s and put them in here today. And this is from the Greetings from Allentown podcast, and his Twitter is at GF Allentown. If you guys are looking for a completely obscure show to listen to, like who wants to, who reviews a random action zone WWF show? Uh, Allentown Pod does. It's at GF Allentown Pod, excuse me, at GF Allentown Pod. So here's the three wrestlers I'm going to take from the 80s and 90s, put them in here today. I got 96, 97 Bret Hart. And if you guys remember, that was when he was a heel. He was doing the America Sucks. I'm the, I don't know, I'm the the moral compass of, of the world. Canada's better. We care about people. You Americans suck. All that stuff. He was just amazing. And I would feud him with John Cena. You know, the hustle royalty, respect versus Bret Hart. But it's got to be that era of Bret Hart. I was not 60-year-old Bret Hart who, who battled cancer and had a stroke and all that stuff. But Bret Hart versus Cena... I think would be awesome, and I think they could do incredible matches with each other, and I'm kind of pissed that we never got anything like that, but that's kind of a dream feud for me. Another guy is Tully and Arn Anderson. 
aka that they were the brainbusters in the WWF. Just they are an awesome tag team that could feud with the revival, or they could be the mentors to the revival, and then eventually maybe turn on them. If you guys ever get a chance, watch those two guys wrestle. Arn Anderson's spine buster, Tully Anchard's brawling style. Just they put on clinics in the wrestling ring, and they're running the WWF. Everyone kind of craps on for some reason, but they had great matches with the Heart Foundation, with the Rockers, and just awesome matches. So check those guys out in the network. Watch them on old WCW shows. I'd put them in there today, and they could kind of be, I think, the old school tag team, you know, that whoops all the ass of these new these new guys, and maybe eventually do a, if in my other scenario, if the Young Bucks came to WWF, have a, uh, a Young Bucks face turn where they could face off at a WrestleMania or something like that, old school versus new school wrestling. Uh, I would also like to put in 94 to 98 Shawn Michaels. I think his post-back surgery career, 2002 to 2010, was also incredible. He had incredible matches. But that initial run, his singles run, every match he was the best match on. Every match uh, every match he stole the show. He was the best one of the best matches on the card. I just think of some of the matches he could have today with some of these guys, with AJ Styles or with Daniel Bryan a few years ago or with... Seth Rollins today, Kevin Owens, all these matches he can have where he can elevate these wrestlers today that would force them to keep up with Michaels and to just have incredible matches. Those would be my three. It'd be 94-97 Bret Hart, Tully and Arn Anderson from any era, and then 94-98 Shawn Michaels. Thanks again, greetings from Allentown Podcast for that. Guys, make sure to check him out at GF Allentown Pod. Got our last question here. It's a repeat questioner. From Mark Caruso, our buddy Mark, at Mark Caruso216. The worst characters slash gimmicks I enjoy that everyone else hates. I love a lot of terrible wrestling, if you guys have listened to this show before. I don't know what it is. I just like ba- I just like laughing at how bad stuff is sometimes. It makes, it makes me enjoy wrestling. Everything doesn't have to be super serious. Part of the reason why I'm not a huge, you know, ROH fan, or not ROH fan, New Japan fan. I'm getting there. I'm getting better at it. But I'm okay with goofy wrestling. I like the cartoon stuff sometimes. Probably have a nostalgic spot for that just because of that's when I grew up. That was my heyday of watching wrestling. So here's my list of wrestlers that I loved, others hated. I'm going to go through the list, then we'll kind of go back to it. The Natural Disasters, Earthquake, and Typhoon. When they were good guys, loved them. I loved the Babyface Doink. Loved Bruce the Barker Beefcake. And loved Lex Luger. I loved all forms of Lex Luger, which is funny because one of the guys who responded to me on my questions, his least talented guy but got so much was Lex Luger. So I'll start with him. I don't know. I think when he came to WWF and did the babyface turn to an American, all-American, that was great for me because I'm like, okay, great. Hogan's gone. He's my new Hogan. He loves America. He's this jack guy. He's got a big tan, hits a flying forearm for his finisher. I don't know. I just loved him. And then in 96 WCW, I've mentioned this before on Twitter, he was so crazy over with those crowds. Like when he won the title from Hogan and Nitro, the place went apeshit. I even loved his finisher, the torture rack. I know people hated it, but I loved it. It makes me kind of want to go play some WCW NWO revenge right now and put some people in the torture rack. So Lex Luger's a guy that I loved everybody else hated. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I don't know how many people hated him, but I was way more of a fan than I probably should have been with him. He... <laughs> The cutting and strutting, I loved how he always cut everyone's hair. I was kind of upset that he never got a, a WD uh, title run, even if it was, a, I don't know, like an intercontinental title, not necessarily a world title. Plus, he was friends with Hogan. So in my book, that made him cool. You know, if you're friends with Hogan, my favorite wrestler at the time when I was a kid, you're cool too. 
the cutting and strutting. I loved his strut. I loved his theme music. Loved, loved everything about Brutus. And I'm sure he wasn't a great technical wrestler or anything like that, but I loved him. Uh, the babyface Doink the Clown. There's a lot of people now that love the evil Doink. I just love the good guy Doink. He made me laugh when he would tease Bobby Heenan, do the trick of the of the water bucket and there'd be confetti, and then sometimes there would be water. I love the multiple Doinks match at the, the Survivor Series. I don't know. Just it, When he turned... He, I was a fan of him, and I can't explain why, and I still can't explain why, but he was a guy that I loved everybody else hated. The Natural Disasters, I they were the first, like, giant team like that, I think, that wasn't bad guys. You know, they turned on Jimmy Hart, which everyone hated Jimmy Hart, so that helped them for me, too. I loved when they won the tag titles. I hated Money, Inc. They beat Money, Inc. They beat it. They beat Money, Inc. for the tag titles. Earthquake, I, I don't know. I just liked when he, when he jumped, smashed up and down. I loved in the commentary how they would announce when they were walking down, Bobby Heenan would be like, oh, the building's shaking. Do you feel that? The floor shaking, Monsoon. What the hell? So I, those are another guys that I liked that everybody else hated. That is all of the questions I got on Twitter. I know there's a big thread going back and forth with everybody where people were responding to it. So I want everyone to do that as well. I'll put the show out later today. Today's Tuesday, the 12th of September. I want to, I want this to go out later today for everyone to listen to. And I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for their questions and their feedbacks. Thank you guys so much. It's been awesome interacting with you guys on Twitter. Uh, the good and the bad. I had my first interaction on Twitter where someone told me we we sucked, which was kind of funny. It started with me tweeting about the, I thought the Daniel Bryan storyline going into WrestleMania 30 was one of the best they've ever done. And randomly some guy goes, spoken like someone who only watches wrestling for 10 years. You know, that was garbage and vanilla midgets and all that. And I was like, ah. At first, I was having a conversation with the guy. Then he dropped the vanilla vanilla midget line. I'm like, all right, this guy's a troll. And then he got mad at me and told me I'm like, I, he saw he listened to my crappy podcast once and he unfollowed me on Twitter and all that. I'm not going to call him out because it's all good. And my friend says, you know you've made it <laughs> when someone tells you you suck. So I guess that's true. But thank you, everyone else, for all the positive feedback and the positive vibes. I love all the interaction we have. Keep it going, guys. Send me an email with audio questions. I really want to start doing audio questions ppwpodcast at gmail.com for next week's show if i have one i will get a topic out to everyone soon and then we can hopefully get some audio questions where you guys can hear yourself on a podcast if you don't have a podcast go ahead and start one they're a lot of fun no matter what it is even if you want to call it i don't know uh talking t-shirts with your friend where you guys collect t-shirts or whatever you want or you want to just talk and shoot the shit with your buddies it's great at the very least it's an archive of you and your friends at this time i'm helping my other buddy out pat uh, he's got a podcast he just started called Five Cents of Free Advice, and it's a dating podcast. He's someone I've known since I was seven years old. He's got a, a he lives the single life basically in, in D.C. and he's had other people on talking about this the online dating stuff and dating in general, dating through apps and meeting people out in the wild, as he calls it. So they don't have a Twitter page yet, but they are on on SoundCloud and on, on iTunes. Five Cents of Free Advice. Give them a listen. He always has different women and guys on and stuff like that so it's 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 fun to listen to especially for someone like me who hasn't been in the dating game since 2008 or so when i met my wife that is it for this week uh, i really appreciate all the questions guys really appreciate the listens and the downloads and the shares and the tweets keep being nice to each other keep sh- supporting local independent wrestling shows keep uh, sending me feedback all that stuff we will hopefully have a new show next week with our special guest host, Pat Sheridan, and he can tell you about his favorite uh, wrestlers that were never world champions. And 
let me know those too. Maybe that will be our first audio question request that we got to let you guys know. Follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast, SoundCloud Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, as well as on iTunes. If you can, if you haven't done it yet, please re- rate and review us on iTunes. That helps get us uh, into more people's views. Buy a t-shirt, whatamaneuver.net. I never complain on God. Oh, <laughs> I never complain online. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. 